Imagine you are a fatherless child and your mother gives you away to a complete stranger. Would you handle that by drinking 26 ounces of cognac a day? Well, someone did. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, letting you know that no matter how pitiful or lost your situation may be, there is always a way for it to go uphill. As you'll hear all about in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you want to stick around because later we're going to announce the winner of the prize for our sweepstakes drawing. And stay tuned for the chance to enter our next sweepstakes drawing for your chance to win. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Mimi La Flemme. This man can help us, Mimi. He's from Paris, and he has lots of money. So smile, but don't say anything, okay? Let me do the talking. If he will take you with him, you'll have a much better life than you'd have here in Quebec. But, Mama... I cannot take care of you now that your father is dead. Mama, please. Hush. This is the place. We'll just wait here in the shadows until he comes out. Good night, Pierre, and thank you for the game. <laughs> I had forgotten how enjoyable cards can be when the stakes are reasonable. Monsieur. W what? Monsieur Le Maire? Yes? You are a rich man, no? Oh, you too. Everyone here seems to think I'm made of money. What business is that of yours? Oh, please, sir. This little girl. She's the only one left to me. So? I am poor. I cannot keep her. Monsieur, will you take her? Are you crazy? She's clever. I can sing and dance, monsieur. Oh. She is well-mannered and uh, rather pretty. Uh, you see, monsieur? Hmm. Yes, perhaps. Please, monsieur le maire, please. She might be of some use to me at that. Uh, all right, I'll take her. Oh, merci, monsieur, merci. The woman in our story, born in Canada, was nine years old when she became the personal property of a wealthy Frenchman. This is the story of her extraordinary life. The classic true testimony of Mémé La Flemme, right now on Unshackled. That Frenchman, Louis Le Maire, took me to France where he owned a string of gambling houses and nightclubs in Paris and Nantes. When we arrived in Paris, he already knew how he would use me in his establishments. Since they didn't open until dark, the afternoons were devoted to my education. Here, Mami. I had this chair made especially for you, so you can sit as high as the players when you deal the cards. Help me up, Monsieur Le Maire. Ah, don't call me Monsieur, call me Louis. Louis? It will make the players laugh, and when they laugh, they don't mind it so much when they lose. Up you go. <laughs> I like being up here. Good, good. And now I will teach you how to deal the cards. Now, you try, here. 
sorry. Ah, for the first time, it's good. Try again. Very good, Mamir. You'll be a sensation with the crowd. Count, monsieur? Count, madame? <laughs> Très bien. And one more thing, and you will be perfect. Here, put this cigarette in your mouth. <laughs> now I am a woman, no? Oh, as soon as I light it, then you are a woman, baby. <laughs> Wonderful. The crowd will love you, mommy. Count, monsieur? Count. <coughs> It took a while to learn to smoke without coughing, but at last I could deal the cards all the way around the table, with a smoking cigarette dangling from the corner of my mouth. Then the mayor taught me another trick. Oh, the cigarette is a nice touch, mommy. Now that was something else. What is that, Louis? Uh, some of these uh, sports, they will want to buy you a drink. I can drink wine? Wine? Oh, no, there is no profit in wine. When these men want to buy you a drink, ask for cognac, mommy. Jacques, bring two glasses and a bottle of cognac. Always remember, mommy, when a man offers to give you anything, you make him give you the best. It's time you learn to drink, mommy. Yeah, sip your drink, baby. It burns my throat. Yeah, don't sip too slowly. The more you drink, the more money we make. La Mer was a patient teacher. In time, I learned all the tricks of the business. And he was right. I was a sensation. Mimi, you are making a poor man of me. But you stole my heart, so I don't mind giving my money to you. Merci, monsieur. Another game, monsieur? First, let me buy you a drink, Sherry. Perhaps I can get you drunk enough so you can't read the card so well, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Bartender, bring Mimi a drink. Thank you, monsieur. Cognac, please. The best. <laughs> oh, look at that. She is adorable. That is how things went with Le Maire. My singing improved as I learned the styles I love so well in the night spots of Paris. When I was older, I also learned to dance after a fashion with two feather fans. Because I was popular, I thought everyone lived this way. When I was 15, La Mer had new plans for me. Mommy, it is time you are getting married. To whom? Hey, you know the man I was talking with last night after the bar closed? <gasps> oh, him? Oh, he's old enough to be my father. <laughs> a good age for a husband, huh? We came to an agreement, he and I. You are going to be his wife, mommy. That was that. And even though love had very little to do with our marriage, it was reasonably happy. I was 18 when I had a little daughter, and that was the first time I felt a real sense of joy and tragedy in my life. Ah, good. The nurse brought your BB to you. Isn't she lovely, doctor? My little Sonia. Yes, she's very pretty, but I have unhappy news for you. What? Her legs. I'm afraid she will always be crippled. That cannot be true. I am sorry. What else can I say? No, no, but she is so beautiful. Yes, I know. Oh, what? Why did this happen? 
Only God knows, madame. These things are in his hands. Who can know the thoughts of the good Lord? Oh, don't talk to me about the good Lord. If he can cripple my baby like this, then I want nothing to do with him. I hate him, you hear? How cruel! From then on, I was bitter against God. And then my husband died and left me to support my little Sonia by myself. More bitter than ever. I rolled around in self-pity, and self-pity destroys. Things got even worse. I began drinking more cognac, 26 ounces a day, and I filled in the corners with beer and wine. Then came drugs, codeine, morphine when I could get it. Drunk or sober, drugged or not, I hated the name of God. Is that you, Mama? Yes, Cherie, I'm home. Oh, I'm glad. It's so lonely here when you're gone. I brought you croissants and bologna and some fruit. Thank you. I would have been home sooner, but I ran into some crazy Americans. Why are they crazy? <laughs> Drunk, I think. <laughs> A man and his wife. The man tried to grab me and drag me with him, but... <laughs> I bashed him in the head with a bottle of wine. What did his wife do? Nothing. <laughs> she was grateful. <laughs> she took him off to their hotel. That isn't the first one you've had to take care of. <sighs> and it won't be the last one. Maybe it will be. I've been listening to the wireless all day, and people think the Germans are preparing for war again. That fellow Hitler might do anything. Oh, I hope we don't have war, Mama. Uh, me either. But we are not in charge, daughter. Maybe God will intervene and won't let them start a war. Where did you hear about God? A program on the wireless. Don't speak about God. I hate him for what he did to you. That was the summer of 1939, and our hopes for peace ended that fall. When the Nazis occupied France in 1940, everyone suffered. By 1941, the weaker ones developed malnutrition, and my Sonia was one of them. Mama? I'm right here, Cherie. Mama, I'm so tired. Here, you try to sip some broth that I made. Oh no, I'm too tired, Mama. You have it. Oh, please, Cherie, you must have something. It's so dark, Mama. Can you turn on the light? But this sun is streaming in the window, dearest. Mama. I'm going now. I'm going home. No, 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 Sonia. No, Sonia, no, no, you're all I have. No, don't leave me. I buried my daughter in 1941, and I also buried the last tender place in my heart. Along with God, I hated men. In truth, I hated everyone, including myself. Most of all, I hated the Nazis, who swarmed into the cabaret and demanded I sing their songs. I tried to get along with them, but... In 1944, I was arrested and accused of spying. The Germans put me in a military prison. Folks, we'll get back to Mimi's story in just a moment, but first... 
I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the classic story of Mimi La Flamme. In 1944, while I was in prison, the Americans arrived in Paris and liberated the city, including a worn-out cabaret singer who was an alcoholic and avowed enemy of God. I was 35, but I dusted off my old songs and went back to entertaining the new arrivals. Mammy, come here, have a drink. Thank you, monsieur. I'll have a cognac. You got it. Bartender, bring the lady a cognac. We are so glad you Americans came and liberated Paris. A pleasure. Must have been rough living under the Nazis. Ah, they were so cruel. You have no idea. Why don't you come to the States, Mammy? Thanks, bartender. You'd be a real sensation. You think so? I know it. Look how these guys go for you. <laughs> These guys would go for anyone right now, Cherie. <laughs> Not like this. You've got it, Mammy. Try the States. Eh, maybe I will. There's nothing here for me. The more I thought about it, the better I liked the idea. But I knew I'd be more at home in Canada, so I went there first. I was just getting started in work as a dancer and singer in the cabarets of Montreal when I was struck down by a terrible illness. Several days later, in the hospital, I learned what was wrong. How is my patient this morning? Better, I think, doctor. Did the nurse give you instructions? No. She said you would brief me? Madame Laflamme, you have polio. Polio? It cannot be. We are quite sure it is. You will not be able to get around as you have in the past. You mean, I'm a cripple? In a sense, yes. What do you mean, in a sense? Am I or am I not a cripple? If you want to look at it that way, then yes, you are a cripple. You will have to wear heavy boots and braces on your legs. And you will need a real chair to get around. Oh, me. Mamie Le Flamme? Monsieur le docteur, I am a dancer, an entertainer. I am sorry, madame. But I'm afraid that phase of your life is over. Polio was tough, but so was Mami. When I got out of the hospital and learned to use my braces and wheelchair, I went right into business. 
During the day, my establishment was a dressmaking shop. But each night, beginning at 10 o'clock and going until 4.30 in the morning, it was a gambling house, and I was the queen of the place, wheelchair and all. Joseph, bring more chips over here, huh? Who needs another bottle on the table, eh? Pierre, Pierre over here. No, 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 over there. We don't want anyone to be thirsty. And pour me another cognac, Pierre. The best. For ten years I lived that way, growing older and meaner, and drunker all the time. Then in 1958, something happened. I was in my private room by the dressmaking shop when it began. Come in! Hello, madame. The dressmaking shop is that way. Oh, <laughs> I don't want a dressmaking shop. I want to speak with you, madame. Who are you? I'm with the church down the street. Uh, we're having a revival meeting this week, and we'd like you to come. <laughs> Me? You don't know what you are talking about. I know you need Jesus Christ. We all do. Ah, uh, don't bother me, woman. You get out. Um, do you mind if we pray for you? Of course I mind. You must be crazy. Get out of here. That was the first time. The next day, she was back again. And this time, she actually wanted me to promise I would go to the revival that night. We'll come and pick you up if you like. <laughs> oh, that'll be the day. Oh, please. We are praying for you. The evangelist wants you to come. No, thank you. But here, give the preacher a little money. Oh, that isn't necessary. Just give it. Goodbye. And don't bother me again. But she did. The third day, she came with a personal invitation from the evangelist. I laughed and called it ridiculous. But that night, alone in my house, I began drinking a little more than usual. And then I got a strange idea, a way to make them let me alone. Yes, this is Madame Laflamme. Send me a cab. That little driver named Joe. No one else, you hear? Only Joe. I wait for him. He dropped me at the church and wanted to wait for me, but I told him not to bother. I would fix those religious nuts. I wheeled myself through the big doors of that church and found myself at the head of a long aisle. For a few seconds, and I wasn't sure what to do. And then the speaker stopped. It is the hand of the Lord that is mighty. Oh, it can only. Well, the sister who just came in. Would you like our prayers for help? Me? You must be crazy. We want to help you if we can. Somebody help her. We are so glad you came, madame. We've been praying for you. Let us help. All my life, no one had ever offered to help me. I had come to mock these people, these religious people. I thought so right up to the moment I started rolling toward the altar in my wheelchair, and I heard my own voice. Oh. Oh. Yes, I need help. Pray for me. 
Please pray for me. As that we will do. Uh, Father God, you know the needs of this woman. Lord, hear our prayers. Cover her with your grace, Lord. You are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Touch her heart, Lord. Quicken her with your spirit, that she may know you in all your glory and repent of her sins so that she can receive Jesus Christ as Savior. In his name I pray. Amen. No. <laughs> Dear sister, we'll pray with you more after the service. Someone give, give her a Bible and we'll continue with our study of the Word. We're looking at 1 John chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Let us read. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Aaron is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn us. He came to save us sinners. And we are all sinners, you, me, everyone. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He paid the penalty for us on the cross. The Bible says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Madame Laflamme, I will show you in Scripture that God loves you. He chose you before the foundation of the world to be saved, to know him. How can that be? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says it very plainly. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. <laughs> Do you understand what's happening to you, madame? Something wonderful. Oh, salvation is wonderful. Full of wonder and joy. To think that he would die such a death for someone like me. Every one of us can say that. From the thief on the cross, crucified beside him, to the rich man who thinks he does not need Christ. God is no respecter of persons. I never knew. He was the son of God, wasn't he? Oh, yes, he is. And his love is never-ending. The Bible says, but God commended his love toward us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, I still, I still can't believe it. <laughs> I came here to mock you. God had other plans. How did he do it? He heard our prayers for you, and he was merciful. 
He gave you the faith to believe. Even that? Yes, yes. His word says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, woman, I would have boasted too. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> you know, you know that I repent of my sins against you. I want to be saved so that I can have new life in Jesus Christ. Thank you for dying for the likes of me. Thank you for giving me the faith to believe. Thank you for giving me new life. I never want to see a gambling hall or a bottle of cognac again. I want you and only you, Lord. I was 49 years old when God swept me into his kingdom. I prayed that he would set me free of my wheelchair embraces. And in time, he did. I went to a ladies' Bible study, and the host was shocked. Madame, you're standing up! I can walk again. How is this possible? The doctor told me regeneration happens in few cases, but... I say it is the Lord. Oh, praise God! I want to get stronger so I can serve God. Make up for all those years I served the devil. Oh, please, sit down. The other ladies aren't here yet. I want to thank you for helping me study the Bible. Oh, we love having you join us. And I want to thank you for coming to see me. To see me when I was so lost. You were very brave. Oh. You were not exactly receptive, but then few of us are. You made me think about my life, and what I saw was not good. But for you to come and see me, knowing how evil I was. The Lord tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. And that is what I want to do. The rest of my life, I want to tell others how Jesus set me free. A year later, when I was 50, I began working as a missionary among the French-speaking people in the bayous of Louisiana. <laughs> Cherie, why are you weeping? Who are you? My name is Mimi Laflamme. What is yours? Violet. I came to tell you about someone who will dry your tears. I don't see how. I hate my life. Ah, he came to give you life, and life more abundantly. I don't see nobody but you. You can't see him, but he always sees us. Oh, you're talking about God. I'm talking about the Lord, Jesus Christ. Oh, I know all about him. Do you? Do you know that he died for our sins and rose again to give us victory over sin and death? I need victory over here and now. I know. How do you know? I never laid eyes on you before. I have seen more than you know of life, Cherie. Everyone suffers from sin. Sin? Huh? Do you think you are not a sinner? The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commanded his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Where are you from, anyway? Canada and France. What are you doing here? I came to tell you about Jesus, how he loves you. 
Nobody loves me. Not even Mama. I am sure she does. Oh, you don't know her. She don't let me do nothing. She is just trying to protect you. What do you know? I know that I needed Jesus Christ to help me. And so did my mother. She gave me away to a stranger when I was nine years old. Your mother didn't do that. She gave you away? How could she do that? She was desperate, and she didn't know nor trust the Lord. Man, oh man. Why don't you take me to see your mother? And we will tell her all about Jesus. In 1960, Mimi Laflemme was a guest at Pacific Garden Mission, where we originally produced her story for Unshackled. The entire cast and production team were enthralled as she sang and told her story. They were impressed with her knowledge of God's Word and her love for Jesus. But above all, they were impressed with what God had done in her life. Listening Friend the Lord will do wonders in your life, too, when you turn to Him in repentance, trusting Him to give you new life. If you need help in making this crucial decision, get in touch with Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, now for the fun part. It's officially time to announce the winner of our prize for our sweepstakes contest. Now, to remind you, our prize is a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The scripture on this particular plaque is uh, Psalm 5110. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And the winner of the sweepstake for this Beautiful scripture plaque is, drumroll please, Philip, Will, Maybe, and his son, and they're from Florida. We want to thank you both for tuning in to hear our podcasts. Uh, you've been a blessing to us, and we pray this scripture plaque could be a blessing to you each time you see it. And of course, if you're ever in the Chicago area, we hope you'll stop by and say hello. We'd love to meet you. And a big thank you to everyone else who entered. Be sure to stay tuned for our next sweepstakes drawing for another chance to win. And next time... Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? I'm at loose ends. What are you guys up to? Uh, doing a little cocaine. I can use it once. His addictions buried him in a world of despair. You're wrong. I have a friend who uses it. I was just trying to help him. Stop lying, Dad! 
For 30 years, he had been addicted to drugs and alcohol. Eight days! We didn't know if you were dead or alive! I'm sorry, Patty. Is there any hope for a man who steals from his mother, his wife, and daughter just to buy crack cocaine? The money's gone. And I just found out that he took your grandmother's bank card and spent her money, too, when he was gone last time. How could he do that? He's sick, honey. This is the story of who helped him overcome the addiction and deception. Oh, come on, Jimmy. You know that anyone who's ever used drugs is tempted. But you have to resist the devil with the word of God. It's the testimony of Jimmy Rowe. Another true dramatization coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Mimi Laflemme were Lisa Keefe, Jennifer Dimmitt, Alison Voller, Gary Brichetto, Demetrius Troy, and Tom Geich. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kenitha Gabler and Jack O'Dell. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.